Welcome back to the HR Happy Hour Show. My name's Steve Bowes. We have a great show today. Trish Steed, how are you? I'm good, Steve. How have you been? I was I was going to say fine class. or okay, and then I thought well, maybe I'll give the real. I'm fine. I'm well. I'm we are as we record this. We are sort of two weeks into the very busy fall uh, season, uh, where we have tons of travel, and lots of folks may be listening to this do as well. Um, I'm already tired. I'm not going to lie from are the you? travel. Yeah, got back yesterday from a trip, and I think you did as well. So yeah, it's, we're in the I middle did. of it. You know what? I can't complain, though, because I got to travel to the OC Tanner Analyst Day event in beautiful Utah, Salt Lake City, Utah, up at Snowbird. And my son, as people might know, my son just recently transferred to the University of Utah. So I actually went out a couple days early and got to spend a couple days with him, getting him settled into college. So it was actually really fun. It was a really good trip. So I agree. You should have seen the plane that I flew from Denver to, uh, to Lincoln on. It was like very tiny. Should have seen the Very. plane. Okay. I was so what's plane. what kind of it was plane like, was it? it I small. don't even know. It was so small. I, yeah. So that I don't I don't miss that part, but yeah. Getting there. I like getting there. I was I'll tell I'll tell New York was great. I'll tell I'll, I'll it's fine. I will talk about it. Maybe we'll do like a work break tomorrow and we'll talk about these events in more details or but I would I do want to tell a plane story since it popped in my head. I back okay. in the days when you when people did mileage runs, right? Because you wanted to have your <laughs> yes. your top status for the following uh-huh. year. I'll never forget this. It was US Air at the time, which isn't even a thing anymore. And it was like a couple of days after Christmas and I needed like two more flights to, to make the top status. Right. And so I wasn't working. It was, you know, December, you know, 29th or something. And I flew round trip from Rochester to Albany, New York, which was the shortest flight I could take. And, and I just sat in the airport in Albany and just flew right back. Right. You know, after an hour, but the, the plane had only one seat on either side of the aisle, you know, so it was a one by one configuration. There was no flight. There was no flight attendant and just a pilot. So the pilot sort of read the instructions and here's how to, here's how to fasten your seatbelt. And then, and then he kind of said, okay, everybody. Okay. And then he said, well, I'm going behind this door now and we'll see you in Albany. And that was it. We flew however long it takes to fly to Albany, which wasn't very long, but tiny, tiny plane. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I sat, and I right. sat in Albany for an hour and a half and flew back on the same plane with the same guy. You know? Well, we'll have to ask our guest if she has any like mileage run stories or yeah. travel horror stories, right? I've done the mileage run. The last one I did was to Vegas for like 27 hours and I took my kids and they thought that was such a baller move. They just couldn't believe we were like flying just to get points. But yeah, yeah. slightly more exciting than sitting in the airport in Albany, admittedly. Oh, no, um, we ate really well. All we did was eat food. That was the whole point of the trip. So, yeah, right, well, why, we don't, we, our, why don't we get started? She, our guest is on. laughing, so she might have some great <laughs> stories as well. Before we welcome her, Trish, I want to thank our friends at Paychex, of course. Uh, this episode of the HR Happy Hour Show is sponsored by Paychex, one of the leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes. After years of being in survival mode amidst a global pandemic, HR leaders have been challenged to get back to business, ushering in the era of the dynamic workplace. In the seventh annual Pulse of HR report, you can learn how leaders are optimizing the work experience regardless of where work gets done and addressing widening generational gaps, increasing productivity, not just for the employees, but also for themselves. You can visit paychecks.com slash AWIA to check it out today. Thanks to our friends at Paychex. All right. 
We're excited today, Trish. We're, this is kind of show number two of my my three series arc uh, prepping for the HR Tech Conference coming up in just a few short weeks. We are super excited to welcome to the show Heather Bussing, who is an employment attorney, writer, law professor. She'll be speaking at HR Tech this year as well. She has over 30 years experience providing sensible and strategic advice to employers. Heather has deep experience with business, humans, technology, and work, and, get, and she has a unique perspective focused on preventing and solving problems rather than fighting about them. Heather has been interviewed and quoted in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, CNN, Business Insider, NPR, and more. She teaches legal writing and internet law and writes a daily column, daily, that's, a, that's every day, that's a lot of writing, on the latest in employment laws covering pay equity and pay transparency. AI and HR tech and law compliance, diversity and fairness are good business. Writing daily, Heather. That's a lot. How are you? Good to see you. I'm surprised you have time for this, honestly. Yeah, yeah. You know, my my beloved spouse has been trying to get me to write daily for 18 years. And um, and I'm finally doing it. And he was right. It's an amazing experience. You're, you know you what? It's interesting. So much. Yes. He actually was someone I had been writing daily when I met him. And he also was very encouraging to continue the daily writing. It's, it's a, whether you post or publish or not, it's such a good exercise. And sometimes it shocks you to go back and read what you were thinking about in a given month or year. Right. So, yeah. So how, I mean, what's been the response so far? Are people really finding it? I'm, I'm imagining a very useful tool as well. It's not just your musings about, you know, technology and, and equity in the law, right? It's actually really quite helpful, I would imagine, to people. Well, it's kind of cool because um, what we've done is license uh, blogs by the big firm employment lawyers, and those get cherry-picked and then I pick from those about what I want to cover and write a preface. And so, you know, sometimes it's longer, sometimes it's not very long, but I try to add context or sort of practical approaches or what is this really about um, to help people understand because lawyers write like lawyers. <laughs> And um, and it's not always easy for people to translate. And and so I'm trying to make it more accessible. Yeah, that's awesome. I got to say the employment lawyers sometimes get a bad rap. I think they're, as a whole, like at least the group of employment lawyers that I've become acquainted with and follow over the years, they're, they're, they're a great follow like on, on LinkedIn or even on Twitter sometimes. Oh, yeah, the, the stories. Lawyers get after it, yeah. <laughs> the stories, the stories. I mean, just crazy things happen at work and um, we get called on the craziest ones, right? (laughs) That's so true. You know what? I always said when I was a practitioner, I used to say, you know, HR doesn't have HR. No, we have our employment attorneys that we work with who are there for us when we get stuck. And when we, or, you know, sometimes you just need somebody else to listen to you, what you think you want to do, right? And is this the best approach and to be that sounding board. So, yeah, I would say in in all of the things that an HR leader can have in their toolkit, having your employment attorney like on speed dial is essential, right? <laughs> it's, it's it's really truly it's been uh, one of the best relationships I've had of any work relationships in my whole career. So so thank you on behalf of all of HR, mm-hmm. Heather. 
Yay, employment lawyers. Yay, employment lawyers. Yeah, yeah, the one thing I wish people, the advice that I wish people would take more often is to terminate people when when they know. When you know they what? know this isn't going to work. That's, you know, that's very severance, true. Wish them luck. Everyone will be better off. You know what? I agree with you. And I think that especially if you're more junior in your career, it's a very scary thing. You think, oh, my goodness, we're going to get sued. Right. And you're right. As as an attorney, you're your experience is saying, here's the risk. Right. And, and go from there. So, yeah, I appreciate that. I think that that's been really good advice and uh, and some I followed myself, but it's difficult. Right. It's a scary thing. But Again, I think attorneys, they may get a bad rap here and there, but I, they shouldn't because they really do kind of not only help protect you and the company, they help em, employees as well, right? Protect the employees' rights. And um, yeah, it's just a good, what a good role. How, how is, I know we've got other things to talk about, but just really quickly, like, what is it like in terms of students who are going to school right now? Are, are you seeing an influx of students who are interested in employment law? Are the, is there a shortage right now? Like, what what is kind of that that overarching job outlook yeah, for someone going into employment such, law right now? That's such a great question. Um, I don't, I think, I think employment law is a lot like HR. Most people don't start out to go there, you know? Okay. <laughs> um, I did have a couple of classes that I just found fascinating in law school and I knew that's what I wanted to do right away. But um, it's sort of an elective in most law schools. And I think people come out um, and end up doing a rotation or getting a job where they have to deal with the case and find it fascinating and decide to go from there. It's very much like practitioners. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I don't think I've ever asked anyone that question. So thanks for, for sharing. There's so much going on in this realm, right? Which is probably why you can like have all these uh, these sources and all these articles you're pouring through every single day, Heather, and trying to figure out what what's what's a good topic for today's kind of uh, reflections yeah. and, and updates. But and I know we want to talk a little bit about pay equity, pay transparency, somewhat because that that is the subject of uh, what you'll be talking about at HR Tech. And, and Trish and I, along with yourself, Heather, and others, have done some work on this over the this year with our friends at salary.com. So we will talk about that some, but I, I feel like I must ask you just a little about what you're seeing, hearing, speaking about, et cetera, with this all of a sudden, these AI tools are everywhere. They're in every workplace. They're infiltrating every HR technology solution. You know, so things that are very important and also protected by various laws and regulations around job applications and things like that. And it, I'd love for you to comment just maybe 30,000 feet level, Heather, on what, what's happening right now in, the, in that space and from your lens, right, from your purview as an employment law, law expert. Well, it's kind of a cluster, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so AI has been and machine learning has has been in our HR tech products since the days of big data. <laughs> basically, you know, and big data was how many years ago. So, so it's, Mm -hmm. it's been um, a part of things. And it's, it's getting a lot of attention right now, because I think of generative AI, where basically systems take their data, they look at it, you ask it a question, 
they come up with everything that's sort of relevant and then predict um, language to explain it or to give you your answer. And so <clears throat> these systems don't really know what's true and they don't really know what's good. And um, because they're just predicting from possibilities, they make stuff up. You know, they just, <laughs> it's like the kaleidoscope, you know, they just shift the the scope and, and the pieces fall into different places. And so we're really used to, as users, taking information from computers and believing that it's accurate and true. And these are at best opinions and at worst chaos, you know? <laughs> So and and some of the systems are basically eating the internet every day and we know that not everything on the internet is true or accurate or useful or relevant or credible. So um so I think it's going to be interesting to see but I can I can see it imploding on itself pretty pretty quickly um unless the data is governed extremely well and is very credible to begin with and so data quality is going to be huge um and from a user perspective we have got to teach people critical thinking and how to argue with their systems you know so when the when the computer gives you a ranking or a prediction does this match with what you know to be true? And what questions does it raise? And what information do you want to figure that out? Because we have to start learning to figure that out. Now, I think I think there are amazing programs because they give us insights that there's no way we could have otherwise. And they cause us to ask much better questions. And so I think there's a real gap between the technology and the user on how to effectively use these systems. I think they can be incredibly valuable, but only if we understand their strengths and weaknesses and apply our strengths to the results they're giving people. I love the way you framed that, Heather. It's really sounds like more of the relationship between our critical thinking and then the information that we're being fed. And I think you're right. I think because, you know, when you start digging around and playing with generative AI, um, even if you look up yourself, I, I noticed like, I, you know, I put in our business, yeah. all sorts of true things came up and all sorts of things not even related to right. us came up. Right. So, yes. <laughs> so again, I think, but I like the way that you kind of showed that it is about the relationship because you know, we've had things like, whether it's Wikipedia or things that are crowdsourced, right, on the internet, some is true, some is not, you do have to use your own thinking, but it is a good tool. I'm glad to hear that, you know, you're sort of encouraging, still looking at it critically, because it can be very valuable in helping you think through, well, I don't know, whatever topic is, maybe you have, you know, you're writing some big report, and you've thought of eight critical pieces of the report, and then you check it, right? And say, oh, there were two things I didn't think about, right? So yeah. it can help you supplement, I would think. If I'm an HR leader, I would probably be using it for supplementing my hypotheses about the workplace maybe, or things that are going on that I, you know, need just another way to think about it. 
but yeah, definitely don't trust it. It's not, you know, um, it's more of like an encyclopedia versus, uh, exactly. It's, It's a view into what you don't know. You don't know. Right. Um, but since you don't know, you know, you gotta pressure test it. Right. Right. Well, I think also, Heather, the thing I would add to that is I love your comment about learning how to argue with our systems, because I do think that default is true, right? Maybe we learn that just from years of just Googling things. And when Google would put up a link, if you Googled a topic, right? Oh, what's happening with the you know tax withholding in Wisconsin? And there was an article from a, you know, a law firm or a payroll company. And it said, oh, Wisconsin tax law changes, right? It, you just believe it. Okay, I'll click on that. Here, here's the new tax law updates. That's fine. There's no, there's no real reason why the payroll company or you know Wikipedia, right, would be incented to be uh, inaccurate. Let's say, but I don't want to try to use the word lie because that's not really fair. But with this generative AI, and you said, you know, give me five ideas to improve employee engagement. It'll, it'll give you five ideas, and it'll write as many words as you want about them, and. You could read them and think, well, is that really a good idea or is that really a, an idea at all? Right. It's, it's right. So, because our default has been just to quote unquote to trust, right? And maybe almost blindly. Right. Right. But, you know, it's pulling from what exists, which is sometimes accurate and sometimes not. And, um, and then creating something that, may add new things in that don't belong there or leave important things out. So we just have to keep that in our minds as we use them. I think, I think they're amazing, but um, you know, you can't outsource responsibility for HR decisions. You just absolutely cannot outsource that. And, um, and I think, I think both the regulators and the tech companies are starting to realize that, they're going to be on the hook as well. And they, you know, need to do a, a good job of helping users use their tools effectively and understand the limits. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. I mean, we could do another, well, not just a show, we could spend hours and hours talking about this stuff, but I, I did want to mention it because it's certainly top of mind for me and, yeah. and top of mind what's going on in the world of work. But we also want to talk a little bit about what's going on at HR Tech coming up in just a few short weeks. Uh, full on, you know, frenzy mode is hit for me with this at conference, Trish. Like, that's all anybody wants to talk about, uh, which is great. I'm excited for that. Trish, I know you're speaking and Heather's speaking as well. So let's talk. Since Heather's our guest, Trish, we'll save you for later, maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about mine just yet. Heather is talking, <laughs> Heather's going to be talking about pay equity a little bit. I'd love for you to uh, tell us a little bit about what you'll be doing at HR Tech, Heather, and then maybe let's talk a little bit about pay equity and some of the issues that you've unearthed in your research and in your work with folks and, and what folks can look forward to. I love pay equity. I, I absolutely love it because um, it it cuts through a lot of the blockades to equity because because money is such a big deal to organizations, right? And if you get the money right, then you can hack all sorts of biases. 
Because money is a proxy for power. Money is a proxy for value. Money is a proxy for status. And, and money is actually pretty easy. You know, that's the basic employment exchange. I show up to work and you pay me. Um, and, and it's math as, as my friend, Sarah Morgan likes to say, you know, come on guys, pay equity, it's math. But, but from a legal perspective, what it's really about is the work and, you know, equal work for equal pay. The equal pay stuff is kind of easy to figure out, but what does it mean to have equal work? And um, and that's that's what I'm going to be talking about. Okay. But it it involves skills, effort, um, responsibility, and working environment. So those are the legal factors that you look to analyze. And those are like most legal factors, <laughs> kind of loosey goosey. And there's lots of room for judgment calls about whether somebody is doing the same work or not. I have to admit, so, Heather, when I yeah. saw the the schedule come out and that you were speaking about this, I was really excited because I think you're right. I mean, money is also one of the few things that is both extremely important to the employer, but also to the employee right. personally, right? right. It, it impacts their, their very being and their families, right? So it's probably when you think about all of the programs, if you work in HR, that you might institute for this or that, right? It might be for smaller groups or smaller populations within your organization. It's the one thing that impacts every single one of us, even leaders, right? They have pay equity issues too. Yes, they so do. So I think from an HR perspective, I find it fascinating from a strategic point, right? It's not just, yes, we do want to make sure we're paying um, equitably for equitable work, fair work, right? But um, so I'd love to hear kind of what got you interested in this as sort of a focus, because it is something you've been focused on at least for the last few years. But yeah. I feel like why have, why have we in HR not been talking about it as much, right, over the last two or three decades? And what got you interested in this as a topic? DE and I got me interested um, because it's so difficult to work with organizations and work with people on the issue of bias. It's just, you know, if we don't know that we're biased and we all have biases, we all have biases. It's just how human brains work. We are extremely um, efficient, uh, if you want, I, lazy, um, but but everything gets categorized as good, bad, scary, happy. You know, immediately we go there, and and those judgment calls get made based on what we're used to and what we're familiar with and what feels comfortable to us. And so all of our biases are very practical and they are not um, bad things. They are not bad things. But if you grew up one way, you may have biases towards other people that don't serve you anymore and don't serve the work and don't serve the business. And so we've got to be able to try to see beyond that. And 
for all of the years we've said you're doing it wrong and not made any progress, there has to be a better way. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So, so I've, you know, I started thinking, what can we do here? And fundamentally discrimination is about power. Um, and fundamentally pay equity is about power. And so rather than move through the power discussion directly, let's start with pay equity as the foundation of DE&I. Because if we can get that right, it creates openings for other things to happen. Well, I like that you're saying it's the foundation because, again, I think as you're going through it, if you're looking at the larger problem in your organization and you don't know where to start, that's part of the problem too, right? Yeah. And so it gives you a nice sort of really foundational way to look at the the larger problem and not get overwhelmed by it. Because I think a lot of times we, you know, we think, well, we're not, or our people are not necessarily being biased um, for nefarious reasons, right? It could be some of those you mentioned, the way you grow up or where you grow up or, how, you know, who you have associated with. It's sort of also a little bit of you don't know what you don't know. You don't even recognize. Right. You yeah. don't even recognize sometimes. So I think sometimes we think of these things as like being very intentional. And those do happen, right? It does. But in large part, it's that over time, these things have just happened and you don't know how to sort of unravel that. So I do like that you're you're sort of talking about a more practical approach to doing that. Will you be sharing? I don't want you to give away all your sort of, mm-hmm. you know, tricks that you're going to be talking about during the session, of course. But um, are you going to be sharing some things that, you know, leaders can do, that organizations can do to sort of unwind the problem that they may have or even even assess what level problem they might be dealing with? Oh, definitely, definitely. And, and a big part of the answer is technology. Pay equity audits are the bomb. Yeah, right. (laughs) Audits of any kind, to be fair, right? Absolutely. I was just talking with someone about I-9s. Yeah, it's don't put your head in the sand, right? Like on any of this stuff, right? It just gets worse. I've been saying this for 10 years. You know, it's not just data. It's evidence. Know know what you've got. Know what you're dealing with. Heather, we need like t-shirts or something that says that. Yes, we can. We can. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's like the best quote ever for an HR pro to to, seriously to remember. It's not just data. It's evidence. I've got slides from HR tech going back. (laughs) I used to end with that slide, you know? (laughs) So um, I'm terrified and I'm not even a practitioner anymore. (laughs) No, no, no. But it's like, look. If you, if you ignore it and you have the evidence and you have the program that can tell you, that's a much scarier case for you and your lawyer than we monitor this every month. When we see issues, we try to figure out what's going on here. Here we decided that even though it looks like there might be some bias or something going on, what we're really dealing with is a pipeline issue or, you know, we're, we're having trouble recruiting or we just had um, a bunch of people leave as part of a layoff and that skewed our demographics. You know, there, there are a lot of perfectly legitimate business reasons why those numbers can skew. 
And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're dealing with discrimination, but if you're monitoring it, you can see the high attrition in that one department and you can see where your hiring is um, off um, given the, the qualified candidates for the job. And, and so you can take proactive things. I would like to see a more diverse panel of people to interview. Yeah. You know, that's not, that is perfectly legal and perfectly fine, you know, as, as long as everyone's qualified. But um, there's, there's just so much that you can do to prevent problems if you're on top of your data. And and that data and the technology piece is a huge factor in this, particularly when organizations get a little larger, get a little bit more complex, maybe uh, multi-location, multinational. So then you start to get into, as Trish has said many times on this show over the years, you know, back in uh, various times in her career, you know, a large organization had a hard time just getting a total headcount report in a reasonable oh, time, right? In a reasonable time. It's a frame, moving target. Right. So now yeah. we're saying okay, now we're going to try to do some pretty complex analysis on a large global organization around who's getting paid what, what work are they doing, what other uh, demographic factors might be at play with background and seniority and skills and response, as you mentioned, responsibilities and big local conditions, right? Pay is, is largely determinant by where you happen to live, right? That's a factor anyway in pay and in that's large changing. organizations. Mm-hmm. So there are, and there are some great technology solutions. So, I mean, I, I, Heather, to the extent to which you'll talk about them in your session, I don't know, but I would say this, we've done some work with our friends at salary.com. They were, I'll just mention it. They were one of our winners this year and top HR products of the year for their, uh, pay equity, their pay suite, their comp analyst pay suite. And I look, I was just, as you were talking, Heather, I, you know, I remembered this, of course, because I was part of the team that, that helps choose those awards. And I was looking at my notes uh, on this particular product, and one of my notes was, this is a very complex product, but it's, it takes on a very important topic for all of HR. And that was one of my notes. I had other notes as well, but and I thought, wow, and that's true, right? It underscores how you need that data behind you, you need the technology to help you understand the data. You know, Sour.com is a great job. There are others as well, but yeah. Uh, that's part of the overall value prop. I am doing a little bit of a commercial here for the conference, uh, Trish and Heather. Like, you get to hear experts like Heather and Trish. We'll be talking a lot about AI. We get to hear experts sort of give you some insights, some perspectives, some context, and then, hey, by the way, you can walk around in the show for you know a day and a half and and see dozens and dozens, hundreds of uh, of technology solutions that can help you turn these ideas and insights in, into actions at your organization. So I love, Heather, that you acknowledge that there's this connection between, hey, this is what we should be doing, but we also need some technology to support us in getting there. Well, and I'm going to be talking about what to look for in technology and what questions to ask those vendors on the expo floor. Nice. Um, because, <laughs> because you've got to be able to compare the work, not yeah. just well, the pay. And that's the most helpful part, Heather. I think that, you know, when you think back, practitioners many times intuitively know where these issues lie in their organization. And we've just never had the data to back it up, right? I was still practicing when big data became a thing, right? That was what, you know, 10 to 15 years ago. And it was so frustrating to Steve's point, like, 
to know, I knew what some of the problems were, but I couldn't prove it. Or it was going right. to take my team days and days and days to prove it. Well, you've also got the regular HR job you're trying to do, right? So right. to me, what this is exciting is that you're going to be giving them kind of that blueprint, right? That framework to go follow. And we've all been begging for years to have the strategic look at people. To me, this is like the best of times because now we can finally start taking our theories and our hypotheses in our workplace and looking at numbers and data and facts and, and evidence and, yes. and right. And bringing it together in a way that's actually manageable that you will actually have time with your team to dive into and do something about. So, uh, you know, you kind of reference, like, it's not about like solving everything all at once. It's about, Oh, if we see though, we have an issue somewhere, how are we looking at it, examining it, doing any corrections that need to be done I mean, I think anyone listening would know that if you've, you know, you've done payroll for any amount of time or compensation strategy in your organization, there are always times where you're going to find little things that are not quite right. And the, the point is you fix them, right? You get it right going forward. So I don't know. I love this idea. I can't wait to hear your session. I think it's going to be fantastic. What would you say if I'm going to HR tech and now I've listened to this, I'm thinking like, oh, wow, okay, I'm going to Heather's session. Is there any sort of preparation that you would recommend for people or is it to just come with an open mind? What should they be kind of doing to make the most out of your, your time with them? Just come, just come. I'm, I'm not doing slides. I'm, I'm teaching law school. Um, <laughs> so it's a free law class. I love this. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, I get up and talk for 90 minutes uh, every week. And mm -hmm. and so it's just like, I hate PowerPoint. I'm not doing slides <laughs> this year. And so come with your questions, come with your um, problems, and we will have time to do some back and forth. And, um, and so think about that. what your what, what problem you're trying to solve. And, and we're going to have some fun talking about those things. Yeah, it's a, it's a great approach, Heather. I think it's a great, a good, good kind of refreshing change as well. Like I'm not going to kill you with 37 slides with right. lots of data on them. Uh, uh, let's just talk about these issues and, and discuss them. And I think it's a great, and I'm glad we're able to showcase this at HR Tech this year. And Heather's session is early too. It's in the beginning of the week, Tuesday, October 10th, 9 a.m. I pulled it up right here on my, my agenda, Trish. So I, I need we'll, to get that on my calendar. Yeah, don't be late. That's early. I'm That's sorry. Good, I'm like, going to actually then count that as the keynote. That has to be the opening keynote. It's because, not. Right? It's not. Well there's, there's a breakfast opening. <laughs> there's um, a breakfast opening keynote. Okay. But, no, it's... Um, you know, it's part of the Women in Tech Summit that's going to be absolutely extraordinary this year. Good. Yeah, it definitely will be. So uh, it's going to be exciting. It's great to catch up with Heather. Uh, there's so we only kind of scratched the surface of other topics that we could talk with Heather about. But uh, we'll I, I think I know we'll have to do it again. I, I love anytime. We need like a like quarter, a quarterly Heather update, right? A like semi-regular <laughs> what's going on in employment law kind of uh, uh, segment or something or show. So, uh, okay. So Heather, for folks who want to read what you're doing though, either your daily writing or other things you're working on, where do we want to send folks to just sort of find you, connect with you? Well, um, find me and my articles on LinkedIn um, and, and the salary.com pay equity law newsletter if you google mm -hmm. that you know you'll 
get in there and there's actually an index page where you can just scroll through and see what's interesting and what's what you want to know about. Awesome. Great, great stuff. Well, thank you, Heather, for taking the time today. We look forward to seeing you out at HR Tech in just a few short weeks. And uh, yeah, this is awesome. So uh, Trish, good stuff. Heather is a great friend. Have not seen her in a while. I don't think I've seen her in person since pre-pandemic days. Pre-pandemic. So I'm excited for that well, as well. Well, we have, we have our HR Tech tradition of meeting up during the expo build out and um, letting me get back there and take pictures because I just find it fascinating. I, I just do. think it's the yeah. most fun ever. <laughs> I know. And I don't I'm always amazed how it comes so. together so quickly. Like it, it, it floors me every time. Yeah. It, it, it's fun to walk around there pre while it's being built up. We'll try to do that again this year. Maybe I'll do some, some video as well. So, okay, great stuff. I love that. I'll text you. So <laughs> find Heather. Uh, thanks to our friends at salary.com as well for their support in the pay equity issue. And of course, thanks to our friends at paychecks for everything they do for us. Trish, great to see you. And, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, good. Yeah. We're back on the road soon next week. That's another whole story. We'll have to That's report right. back uh, as well. So That's uh, right. you can check all the show archives for the HR happy hour show for at work in America, all the network shows, everything's at hrhappyhour.net. So, uh, for Heather Bussing, for Trish Steve, my name's Steve Bose. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time and bye for now.